You can open up your Bibles to the second book of Peter, chapter 3. And if you can just put it on hold once you find it. Uh, one of the things that um, I really love to watch, and I may not be the only one, but one of the things that I love to watch is MMA. How many have ever watched uh, an MMA fight? Right, it's really interesting, isn't it? And what MMA, if you don't know what it is, it stands for uh, Mixed Martial Arts. And it's pretty much where two people get into a ring and they use all types of fighting styles. And so one person might wrestle, another person might use uh, kickboxing, another person might use uh, karate or taekwondo. And they use all these different fighting styles in a ring. And it gets really interesting because, you know, these people are, are fighting their hearts out and, and blood is going everywhere and, and it's just this crazy thing and the crowd is into it and you may not like it, but I love watching it. Don't judge me. And it's so interesting to me. And what I find is that there, there are, you know, the, the whole point of of an MMA fight is that there's, there's a winner at the end. There has to be, no matter what, right, unless it's a tie or a draw, there has to be a winner and there has to be a loser. And these, there's these two people who are going against each other. They're fighting against each other. And I've noticed that just like these two people are fighting in a ring, there are also two other things that are fighting. And it's what's true and what's false. It's what's correct and what's incorrect. It's what's real and it's what's fake. You see, to us, the Bible is true, isn't it? But there are people who are going to tell you something, people who are going to want to manipulate you, people who are going to try to mislead you, and they're going to tell you things that are not true. They're going to tell you things that are incorrect. They're going to tell you things that are false. And so we have this Bible that is true, but then we also have people who are saying things that don't go according to the Bible, which is false. Things that are inaccurate things that make no sense, things that are totally fake. And these two things are fighting against each other. How many times have you been around somebody who had said something and you're not sure if what they're saying is even true or even biblically accurate and you start to question what they're saying? Maybe you start to believe what they're saying. And this is something that Peter is warning us. We've, we've started the sermon series, Stand Firm. And it's pretty much Peter writing letters to Christians who he's trying to encourage, Christians who are being persecuted, Christians who are suffering. He, he's telling them, I need you to stand firm in your faith. I need you to stand firm in God. I need you to stand firm in your belief. I need you to stand firm regardless of what you're going through. 
And so the first book of Peter is pretty much all these Christians who are scattered in different areas and, and they're, they're, they're dealing with persecution and they're suffering and they're being tortured and they're going through all these things. And Peter's saying, don't lose hope. I need you to stand firm. Don't forget who your faith is in. Don't forget who you're following. Don't forget who, you, who, who you're believing in. I need you to stand firm. And so he writes that letter. And we've been talking about that the last two weeks, and today we're going to focus on the second book of Peter. And he's also writing this letter to encourage them and to, to warn them. And he's saying, hey, listen, pay attention, because there are people who are going to try to tell you things that are not true. They're going to be mockers. They're going to be people who are considered false teachers, people who are going to try to mislead you. And what Peter's goal is, what, what his main point is, is that you need to focus on the Bible. You have to know the Bible. You have to know the truth so that you know what's false. Because if you don't know what's true, how can you know what's not true? And so he's saying you need to know the truth. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today. I've titled my message, Truth Versus False. Truth versus false. Let's look at 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Dear friends, this is my second letter to you. It's really interesting because he says, Dear friends. And he says that about four different times throughout the chapter. But that word, dear friends, has a little bit more of a meaning. It's, in another version of the Bible, it says, beloved. And so Peter is speaking from, you can say, from a pastoral's point of view. He's really trying to, to tell these people, hey, I care about you. And so he says, dear friends, and he's saying, guys, I, I worry about you. I love you guys. Pay attention to what I'm, about, what I'm about to say. And so you can see how much Peter cares. He says, dear friends, this is my second letter to you. Not, he didn't just write one letter to them. He, this is his second letter. He's showing how much he cares for these people. He says, dear friends, this is my second letter to you. I have written both of them as reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and Savior through your, through your apostles. Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming he promised? Where is this coming he promised? Thank you, Father God. Lord, I want to pray for this message. Before I even begin to preach, Lord, I want to talk to you first and, and allow you to do your will here. And so I pray, Father God, that you can speak to us, talk to us, challenge us, confront us, Lord Jesus. Then the next few minutes we're here together, Lord, that you can really open up our hearts that we can have a different perspective, that your word can really do some transforming in our lives, Jesus. And so I thank you, Father God. Thank you for everything you're doing, Jesus. Amen and amen. Truth versus false. 
The first thing that I see in these four verses is that we have to focus on what's true. You have to focus on what's true. Look at verse 1. Dear friends, this is my second letter to you. This part is important. I have written both of them as reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking. What does that mean? Stimulate us? Wholesome thinking? What is Peter trying to say? What, what, that's sometimes why I don't understand the Bible. Because it can confuse us. Like, what, what, Peter, are you drunk or something? Like, what, are you, what are you trying to tell us? Stimulate us? Wholesome thinking? What are you saying, Peter? See, if you read this, this version or, or this, this uh, chapter in its original language, which is in Greek, you really understand the meaning of both of those words. You see, to stimulate in the Greek means to wake up. Tell your neighbor, wake up. No, 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 tell him, because wake up. I know you're falling asleep. It's five minutes into the preaching. I know you're falling asleep. <laughs> and Peter is saying, I need you to wake up. That word stimulate means to wake up. Peter is reminding them that they have to wake up to what's true. They have to wake up to what's accurate. They have to wake up to what's correct. They have to focus on the truth, and the truth is the Bible. They have to wake up knowing what's true. In other words, they have to know the Bible. They have to know the truth in the Bible. They have to wake up to this. They can't allow distractions from other people. They can't accept other people's opinions, other things that are false, other things that are inaccurate. People, Peter is saying, wake up to the truth. The Bible is the truth. Focus on what the Bible says. Focus on the truth. And so when somebody says God doesn't exist, the Bible tells me otherwise. Somebody says God's promises aren't real, the Bible tells me otherwise. They say we come from monkeys, it's not what the Bible tells me. You have to focus on what's true. In order to focus on what's true, in order to know the Bible, you have to first wake up. See, the problem is a lot of us are sleeping. You're sleeping right now, and you're sleeping spiritually. And so we're sleeping, and we barely read the Bible. And if you read the Bible, it's once a week. If you read the Bible, it's once, once a month. If you read the Bible, it's once a year. And a lot of us, we're sleeping. You see, we're taking naps. Right? You ever taken those 10-minute naps and it felt like you slept for 20 hours? A lot of us are taking naps. But not just that. A lot of us are really in that deep stage of sleep where nothing can wake us up. But then there are those who are truly hibernating. Those who've been sleeping for a long time. 
Those who, who, who haven't been really focused on the Bible and they haven't really been connected to the Bible and they're sleeping spiritually. And guess who takes advantage of that? The enemy. And he loves it when you're sleeping because when you're sleeping, you're not connected to the word. When you're sleeping, you're spiritually not doing good. When you're sleeping, you're not doing good. And the enemy begins to take advantage of that. He prefers you to sleep than for you to be awake. If he can give you a sleeping pill, then he's done his job. And there's a lot of us who are really sleeping. We're not really waking up because we don't know what the truth is. We don't know what the Bible says. If you barely read the Bible, how do you expect to know what's true? I know I'm not going to get a lot of amen, so it's fine. And so the fact that we're sleeping is a very dangerous game. The fact that we don't know the truth, the fact that we're not reading the Bible, the fact that we don't know what his promises say, the fact that we don't know what's in here, we're easily mis can be misled by other people. We can easily be manipulated by other people. We can easily fall for, for the tricks and for the false things that what other people are saying. And so the thought of evolution begins to make sense. Right? Maybe we did come from monkeys. I mean, we kind of look like them. Some of us do. More than others. I mean, I mean maybe God's promises really isn't true. I haven't seen them yet. Maybe it's true that I have no purpose in life. Maybe I deserve the problems that I have. And you start to believe all these things simply because you don't know what the truth is. Simply because you haven't read this. Simply because you've been sleeping for a long time. And so you're easily misled. And you start to believe things that the Bible doesn't say. Things that are inaccurate. And Peter is saying, I need you to wake up. Peter also uses this word, wholesome thinking, which in the Greek can be translated to pure thoughts. In other words, pure thinking. It's something that's not contaminated, something that's unmixed, something that is genuine. You see, when you have a pure, mi a pure mind, when you have wholesome thinking, you're not easily influenced by other people. When you have pure thoughts, when you know the truth, nobody's going to tell you otherwise because you know the truth. I found this story. It's rather, rather interesting. See, back in the day, uh, pottery dealers, you know what pottery is? Pottery dealers would sell pots with cracks in them. They would sell pots that were faulty pots that looked fake, right? And what they would do to cover up these cracks or to cover up these holes is that they would fill it with wax. And they would paint over it so it looked genuine, it looked real. The problem is, is that if you bought one of these pots and you left it out in the sun, right, the, the wax would melt. And then the, the pot would be broken and it will fall apart. And so they would trick people. See, 
What smart people would do, what smart buyers would do, is that they would get the pot and they would raise it up to the sun. And the sun would determine whether it's real or fake. Because it's through the sun that they will see the cracks. It's through the sun that they would see if it's painted over. It's through the sun, right, that they would test the pot. They tested the pot. Smart people would test the pot. And you see, people are going to tell you things that are false. People are going to tell you things that are inaccurate. They're going to try to trick you. They're going to try to manipulate you. But you have to test the pot. You have to be like these smart people and put it to the sun. They use the sun to test the to test the pot. Use the Bible to test whether they're saying is true or fake. Use the Bible to, 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 test, to, to test whether what they're saying is accurate or inaccurate, true or false. You have to test it. At least the path to transparency test. Is what this person's saying true? Is what this person's saying accurate? You have to use the Bible to test. Because the Bible is true. It's the Bible that's going to tell you whether something is true or not. The Bible is going to tell you whether something is accurate or not. It's the Bible. But you have to use it. You have to test it. You can't be sleeping. You have to wake up. And so Peter tells us, right, that we have to know what's true. And the truth is the Bible. The, se- the second thing he says is that we have to remember the word. Look at verse 2. I want, to, I want you to recall the words spoken in the past. That's important. I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and Savior through your apostles. Peter's point is that these Christians have to remember the past. What past? His past? Their past? What what past is Peter talking about? He's saying you have to remember the past, the past where where the old prophets were speaking, the, the, the things that the old prophets said in the Old Testament. He's saying, remember, don't forget about the old prophets in the Old Testament. But then he also says, don't forget about Jesus and and the apostles, which resembles the New Testament. And so what Peter's pretty much saying is, don't forget the word. Remember the word. Don't just remember the teachings that I'm giving you here. Don't remember the teachings of Paul or the apostles. Or don't just remember the teachings of Jesus. Remember the teachings of the Old Testament. Remember what the old prophets said as well. You have to know the word. You have to remember the word. That's what Peter is saying. Don't forget, but remember the word. That's what what Peter's lesson is pretty much. I need you to remember the word. Remember the word. Remember the word. I need you to remember the word. I need you to know the word. I need you to know this truth. Remember it. Study it. Learn it. Because when you study the word, you know the word. When you study the word, you remember the word. And Peter said, I need you to remember this word. Know it. Study it. 
Why? What's the point? Why should I do it? Look in verse 3. Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come. Another word for scoffers is mockers, people who teach false things. And he's saying, in other words, right, in the last days, people are going to try to teach you things that are not true. They're going to teach you false things. They're going to try to mislead you. They're going to try to manipulate you. They're going to try to trick you. In the last days, if you don't know the word, if you don't remember the word, you're going to be easily misled. And so he's saying, remember the Bible. Know the Bible. You see, when you know the word, you remember the word. When you remember the word, you're confident in the truth. Nothing will change your perspective. Nothing will change your beliefs. Nothing will change your, your, convic- your conviction simply because you know the word, simply because you remember the word, simply because you know what's true. And if the Bible is true, then that's something you choose to remember. It's kind of like textbooks, isn't it? How many remember when they were in school? Or still in school? It's kind of why textbooks exist, right? Some of you in college are saying, yeah, well, I know why textbooks exist. It's to rob us of our money. Textbooks are from the enemy. But textbooks exist, right, so that the student can learn more about the subject. so that they can study the subject a little bit more. And so if I were to take a test and not study from the textbook, I'll most likely fail. But if I were to take a test and actually study from the textbook, I'll most likely pass. And it's the same thing with the Bible. When you study the word, you know the word. When you study the word, you can remember the word. But you have to be committed to it. You have to give time to it. You have to give effort to it. You have to study the word. That's what Peter's saying. Remember the word. Study it. Learn it. You can't remember something that you didn't learn. You can't apply something that you don't know. Peter's saying, remember it, be committed to it, learn it. So that when people come, when these mockers come, when people try to tell you something that's false, you're saying, you know what, that doesn't go according to what the Bible says. I know the truth, I remember the truth, I I learned the truth. The Bible tells me something else. But we have to remember it, don't we? See, a lot of us are good at remembering things that sometimes aren't important. Or things that are, that, that are. Just the other day, I almost forgot it was my brother's birthday. I have terrible memory. If it wasn't for my mom, I promise you, I would have forgotten. <laughs> it doesn't mean that I'm a bad brother or, or that I don't care. It, it, it just, I have bad memory. Countless people are always coming up to me, hey, can you help me with this? Or, 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 or can you do this for me? Or, or, and I'll say, yeah, of course, but I'll truly forget. 
I promise I'll, I'll, I'll forget. And so I tell him, you know what, just text me that same day or, or remind me. But I have bad memory. And some of us can remember, right? We remember birthdays, we remember names. God forbid you forget your anniversary. Someone's sleeping in the couch. God forget, forbid you forget your wife's birthday. And we remember all kinds of things. We'll definitely not forget the people who've hurt us, right? We'll, we'll remember that. We'll remember the pain. We'll remember the hurt. We'll remember those who backstabbed us and those who, who've talked bad about us. We'll, we won't forget that. We can forget other things, but we won't forget that. And we'll remember it. And Peter's saying, remember the word. You see, what I don't understand is that if we, can, if we can remember all these important things, if we can remember all these useless things and things that are not necessary, why can't we remember the word? If, if, if the Bible is the one thing who can help you, the one thing that can change your life, the one thing that, that can transform you, the one thing that can help you on this journey with Christ, why can't you remember it? Why can't you apply it? Why can't you learn it or study it? It's the one thing that can help you. The one thing that benefits you. Why can't we learn it? Why do we choose not to remember? We choose to remember other things that are not important, but the one thing that's important, why can't we remember it? I just want to apologize in advance. I'm not doing this to make you feel bad. I'm literally telling you what Peter is teaching us. And he's saying, remember the word. Remember it, study it, remember the word. If you want to stand firm in this culture, not only do you have to know the word, but you have to remember it as well. You want to stand firm in your faith, you want to stand firm as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, don't just know the word, remember it. Put it in your heart. Put it in your mind. Remember it. Memorize it. Study it. You have to know the word. The last thing I see is that we have to expect falsehood. And I'll finish with this. Look at verse 3. Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come. Peter is warning them. He says, above all, in other words, most importantly, this is the one thing that I don't want you to forget. Scoffers will come in the last day. In other words, mockers will come in the last days. False teachers will come in the last days. And they'll follow their own desires. Look at verse 4. They will say, where is this coming he promised? These mockers, these false teachers are going to question Jesus' return. And he's, they're they're going to say, where is this Jesus who's supposed to come? That's what Peter is warning them about. 
He's not only telling his readers to be aware. He's not only warning his readers or his audience. He's warning me and you that in today's culture, he's saying, be prepared, be aware, be alert, be expecting that people are going to tell you things that are not true. People are going to mislead you. People are going to deny Jesus. They're going to say that Jesus is not coming back, that Jesus is fake, that God isn't real, that the Bible is inaccurate. Be prepared, Peter is saying. Be expectant. Know that that stuff is going to come. And he says, they're going to come in the last days. What's considered the last days? Ever since Jesus died and resurrected and he returned to heaven, the last days began. And so not only was Peter and, this, and these Christians who were being persecuted and these readers were living in the last days, but me and you are living in the last days. And Peter's saying, in the last days... Be expecting for these types of people to come. Problem is a lot of us aren't expecting. A lot of us sometimes don't care because we're so distracted by other things. We're worried about other things, right? If we barely read the Bible, how are we going to apply it? How are we going to memorize it? How are we going to use it if we don't read the Bible? And so our focus is in is here and our focus is there and our focus is on other things and, and we can't tell the difference between what's true or false. We can't tell the difference between what's real or fake and we're in the last days and we're hearing what this preacher is saying and we're in the last days and we're hearing what this teacher is saying and we're in the last days and our friends are telling us one thing and, and our neighbors are telling us another thing and our, and, and our co-workers are telling us something else and we don't know what's true because we don't read the Bible. And Peter is saying, be expected for these types of things to happen. And some of us are not, so that's why we believe in things that are inaccurate, things that are false. That's why we're easily misled and easily manipulated, because we don't know what's true. Peter is saying, be prepared. Open up your eyes. Be expectant. People are going to try to persuade you to believe in things that are not true, things that are, that are going against your belief, things that go against God's standards and God's will. He's saying, be prepared. See, in Peter's day, these false teachers, these mockers, were misleading the people. They were trying to persuade these Christians to think of other things. And, and so they were telling these Christians, they were saying, you know what? Jesus is not coming back. I, I don't know why I said that in like some southern accent. <laughs> these, these false teachers were saying, you know what? Jesus is not coming back. If he did, right, if he was, he would have already came back. You're believing in something that's not true. Jesus is a liar. This God you believe in, he doesn't fulfill the promises that he kept, or else he would have been here already. They, they were teaching that, that God created the world and that he just abandoned it. He just left it there. They were saying that the last days, you know what, God isn't going to judge you. That if there was never a judgment in the beginning, how are you going to expect the judgment in the future? They were teaching these things to Christians, to other people. And think about it. If Jesus, right, clearly he hasn't came back. He hasn't came back now and he definitely didn't come back in Peter's time. 
And so it made it easier for these people to believe that. Well, yeah, I guess, you know what? He's kind of right. If Jesus is this, this God, he promised us that he was going to come back. And he hasn't. We're, I guess what you're saying is correct. It, it kind of makes sense. I mean, or else he would have came back. And these false teachers were misleading these people, persuading them to think in things that are not true. Isn't it interesting that these Christians that Peter's writing to were dealing with the same things we deal with today? The same mockers in Peter's time are the same mockers we deal with today, the same teachers, false teachers we deal with today, the, the same types of people that were in Peter's time and the same type of people we're dealing with today. Think about it. How can a letter that was written thousands of years ago be so relevant to us today? How can these mockers, these false teachers, these deceivers, how can they have the same attitude, the same opinions, the, the, the same beliefs, the, the same perspectives as the same mockers that, that we're dealing with today? How can this letter be so relevant to us? How can the culture that, that these Christians were living in, the culture that Peter was living in, how is it so similar to our culture today? And this is why I love the Bible. This is why I think the Bible is true, because every time someone mocks Jesus, they're proving Peter right. They're proving that the Bible is accurate. Every time somebody is mocking Jesus and denying Jesus and saying, you know what, Jesus isn't real. The God you believe in isn't real. The Bible that you're reading is fake. Every time they say something like that, they're, they're literally proving that the Bible is real, that what Peter wrote thousands of years ago is true. Peter's saying, expect these types of people to come. They're going to deny Jesus. They're going to say things that are not true. They're going to say things that are false. And guess what? You've probably been around those people. You probably work with those people. You probably live with those people. They might be in your family. They might be your neighbor. You might have been one of those people. Peter's saying, be expectant. Know the word. Remember the word. Expect these types of people to come, but stand firm in it. Stand firm in the truth. Doesn't matter what he says. Doesn't matter what she says. Doesn't matter what your neighbor says. Doesn't matter what your coworker says. Doesn't matter what your parents say, what your uncle says. Doesn't matter what your family says. The Bible is true. They can say whatever they want to say. They can say all this nonsense. I'm always going to stand firm in the Bible because the Bible is true. I'm choosing to stand firm in the Bible because the Bible is accurate. The Bible is like a compass. The compass tells you where you need to go. You want to go north? Okay, I'll go north. You want to go south? Okay, I'll go south. The Bible is going to direct you to the right path. The Bible is the compass you need. 
It's going to tell you what's true. It's going to tell you what's false. It's going to tell you what's correct, what's not correct. The answers are in here, but you have to know the word. You have to study the word. You have to learn the word. You have to remember the word. You have to stand firm in the word. I wonder how many people want to stand firm in the word. Maybe this message has been speaking to you. Maybe you're lacking in certain areas. Maybe you really need to learn the Bible more. Maybe you have to read the Bible more. Maybe you started some sort of Bible plan and you were good the first week of January, but then you gave up. And you told God, you know what, I'm going to pray a little bit more, but, but we, you, know, you gave up on that too. Maybe you started reading a chapter of the Bible, you got confused, and, 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 and you don't know what to believe anymore. You're so confused. Listen. The Bible is true. You have to know the truth. In the culture that we live in right now, it's only going to get worse. And there's going to be people who are going to try to persuade you to believe things that are not true. They're going to persuade you into believing things that are so inaccurate, that are so far from God, and they may sound nice, and they may sound pretty, but you have to know the truth. I'm here preaching to you right now. You're probably believing what, I, what I'm saying. But I could be lying to you. I could be trying to tell you something that's not true. You have to know the truth for yourself. How do I know the truth? Well, I start reading the Bible. I start studying the Bible. How do I know what's false? The Bible is going to tell me what's true. But you have to be committed to it. You have to give time and effort to it. So I want to challenge you today. Study the truth. Know the truth. So that you can be prepared in the world we live in right now. So that you're not going to be easily deceived by what other people are saying. The truth is right here. The very thing in your phone, the very thing you're possibly holding in your hands, that is true. Doesn't matter what anybody says. The thing that you're holding in your hands right now is the truth. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you stand up on your feet with me?